You are listening to the Tech Inclusion Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Roy. Tech Inclusion is a leading conference focusing on solutions to bring diversity and inclusion to the tech industry. You can learn more at techinclusion.co. It is my pleasure to welcome Shruti Shah to the show. Shruti is an entrepreneur in residence at the Silicon Valley Bank. She talks to us about her work as SVB and her experience as a female entrepreneur. Hi, my name is Shruti and I'm an entrepreneur in residence at Silicon Valley Bank. What does that mean to be an entrepreneur in residence at the Silicon Valley Bank? So I get to work with a lot of partnerships that the bank has with organizations that support early stage founders. So I was an entrepreneur, I am an entrepreneur myself, I started my own company, it was a Y Combinator backed startup and after that was over, found the bank and got to get to be part of kind of helping craft the strategy, I guess, for helping and supporting early stage founders. So does that mean like investing in companies? Not directly. Now, I'd love to become an investor someday, but SUV primarily supports founders on the banking side. So through products and services, venture debt being one of them, so it's a little bit different than a traditional investor. Can you just explain to us how is it different? Yeah, so traditional investors are taking equity in a company and a bank might issue a loan called venture debt in coordination with an equity investment. So how do early stage entrepreneur find you? How do you find them? A lot of early stage entrepreneurs find us actually through strategic partners. So accelerators or organizations that support early stage founders as they take their idea from a prototype to you know a business with users. But also I think SUB has been around for a really long time. So they are very well known in the startup community. So for entrepreneurs who've started multiple companies, a lot of them just choose SVB because their knowledge of the tech space and their ability to support tech entrepreneurs. Do you have a minimum in terms of starting to loan for a company? I guess my question is like if you are a small entrepreneur or you know your company is small and just looking for fifty or one or thousand dollars, is it too small for you? Or are you also looking at, you know, more like one million? So generally, SVB, I think, blends at higher numbers as opposed to smaller numbers. So as opposed to like a small business bank that might do a $100,000 loan, SVB is usually doing loans in the millions of dollars. So what are some of the challenges like you see in uh, what you're doing specifically to like tech and then diversity and inclusion? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really hard. So, so banks are service providers. And in SVB's case, they're a service provider to both venture capitalists, so a lot of venture capitalists bank with the bank, and a lot of entrepreneurs bank with the bank. And so in some ways that means that they follow trends as opposed to necessarily like leading. So I think one of the things the bank is trying to make a conscious effort of is really thinking about you know, how many female founders do we have, how many founders of color do we have, you know, how do we actually think about diversity both internally as an organization but also externally when it comes to who our clients are, which I think is really awesome that I'm starting to think about that. But I think it's a challenge that a lot of organizations that work in and around startups have is like, how do you push that agenda when in many ways you're providing a service to one side of the market? So what are some of the exciting things that you're seeing happening right now? I mean, I think one of the things that is most exciting to me is that people are finally talking about this stuff. I feel like 
in the past people would talk about it, but nothing was being done about it. And now I feel like people are talking about it and stuff is starting to happen. I think we have a very long way to go, but I, I guess I'm comforted by the fact that there does seem to be some consciousness raising and some people actually trying to change the paradigm. So do you have advice to give to entrepreneurs who are trying to raise money? Like we heard a lot today that, you know, that raising money is really hard and it's actually even harder now, it seems like, that what it used to be. So do you have any advice to give to entrepreneurs? Yeah, I mean, raising money, I think it's just hard, period. My company raised $22 million and that was very hard to do. I think when it comes to raising money, basically a lot of it, for better or for worse, is about networking and finding people who can, at this point, give you warm intros. And then I think, you know, for founders of color, for female founders, there are a lot of barriers. And so I would advise, like, finding investors who are supportive of female founders or founders of color. I'm comforted to know that there are more of them that exist, even from the time that I raised money for my company. And so going after those investors, I think, is a, a good way to get your foot in the door and then hopefully keep being able to raise from there. You raised 22 millions with your company. So how did you go about finding that community of investors yeah. that was going to be very supportive of you? So, I mean, I had three co-founders and I was a COO. So our CEO also did a lot of the pitching and he, I think, was able to probably leverage his, well, he's a really great salesperson and He is a white man, so it's different than being a female who's doing the pitching only. So I think that worked to our advantage. But I also think that, I mean, we got very lucky with a group of investors that really believed in our business and believed in our team. And I think the best thing you can do as an entrepreneur is, like, really make sure that you have the right people on your team because they're the people that, you know, are going to have to stick by you if things don't go well. And you want people who are going to be willing to do that. So... I think I would just take your time to find the right investors as opposed to going after like the big names or, you know, the people who like you think you should have as investors and really do your research to figure out like what someone's expertise is and what value they bring as an investor by talking to other founders. I think that's a really important thing for founders to do diligence on who is investing in their company. So sometimes I like to ask if you have a personal story that you want to share. And I sometimes say, do you have a personal story about diversity? And it's very broad. And I had people who shared some experience at work, also more like personal story around, you know, diversity in tech and then why you are so passionate about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm passionate about it because I am a female founder of color and I've had experiences with investors that have made me feel very uncomfortable And I've also, I think, been in positions where I've had to defend my ability to do a job. I've been ignored in meetings. I've been mistaken for somebody's assistant. Like, there have been a lot of different instances where I think I've had to figure out how to navigate an uncomfortable situation because of assumptions that were made about my ability or my identity. And that's not an easy thing to deal with. But... You know, I think talking about it and creating a community, which I think tech inclusion is doing, where people can feel like they can openly share that stuff is really important. And for me, it's like a big reason why 
I want to change the industry because I believe the industry can change, but it's going to take a lot of work on the part of, you know, both people of color and women and, you know, frankly, like white male allies that need to step up to the plate. I also think it's going to take lots of work on the consumer part. Like I think everyone has to play its part and then be much more thoughtful on how they spend their money, which company and could they have power that way, I think, in influencing the VC cultures. Do you think the same? Yeah, I definitely feel the same. I mean, I think you have to have LPs who are invested in this. You have to have investors who are sincerely invested in this and not just willing to, you know, wanting to check a box, which I think I've encountered often is like, you know, well, we know we should have a female partner, so let's just check that box, which isn't, it misses the point. And I think also for me, like, even if I can't get you to agree that it's just important to build an inclusive environment, if you're an investor and you have a fiduciary responsibility to an LP, like, economically, you're leaving money on the table. So you're not doing your job. Like, you're actually not getting an LP the return that they could ultimately get because you're not actually finding the best companies. Great. Well, thank you so much. Hope you have a good day. You too. Thanks for having me. If you enjoy your podcast, visit techinclusion.co to listen to more leaders and entrepreneurs making a difference in building a more inclusive world. Join the movement by leaving a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your community. The more we can share these stories, the stronger is our impact. If you want to send us ideas of people to interview, you can reach me at juliet at changecatalyst.co. And if you want to discover other changemaker stories, tune in to Be Your Change podcast, www.beyourchange.co slash podcast. Thank you for listening.